Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Oh, the horn is going. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a simplistic play so far. Everything with attitude. Got a yes. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Young men can play against and make his ass quit. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. End zone. This is a mauling, folks. A mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. I- Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Tom, as far as pirate victories go, that was one. Yes, you can say that, man. This is, um, you know, this is a, a mixed bag, man, because obviously the win is good. Uh, obviously, handling one of our rivalry SEC West opponents in this fashion is great. Uh, but you know. The loss is the bigger deal, and um, you know losing losing Tua in this in this outcome, and you know at the end of the first half is obviously uh, what everybody's talking about at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think that you know the nature of the injury, it being a hip, um, you start to think of other players that have have had you know hip injuries, and so you know I think a lot of times you go first to Bo Jackson, and you think well that ended his career, and so there was there were moments of of concern. And in, in, in maybe, you know, longer than moments because it took a while to sort of get some some true diagnosis later in the day on Saturday. But there was some concern that 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 could be career ending, which is, you know, certainly tragic. Uh, and then you think of other players like C.J. Mosley, uh, who had a hip injury. And then obviously he's come back and, and had a successful career. And so, you know, the hope was and was certainly that it would be more of that type of, of injury. And, you know, at this point, by the time we're recording, you know, here, here it is on Tuesday, uh, it, you know, all the prognosis is the surgery went well, he's going to make a full recovery. And so as much as we would like him, you know, there's, there's a scale to these types of things, right? As much as we would like him to be healthy and back on the field and and competing, uh, you know, the rest of this season, given the fear of a much tragic outcome, I'm just happy that he's going to have a, a full recovery and, and, you know, as the team goes this season, we'll, we'll make do with what we have. Well, yeah, we'll be testing that next man up big time here, right? We will. And, you know, Mac Jones, uh, you know, the second half was, I'd, you know, there were other players injured and there was just sort of a pall over the, you know, I don't know about the stadium, but certainly my living room. And I just, you know, could we just run or do a running clock or something? Let's just get this game over with. And, uh, and, and, you know, it was sort of unexcitable, uh, second half. I think, you know, three to nothing was the, the second half score. 
Um, you know, Mike Jones was Mike Jones was seven of eleven for ninety four yards. Uh, his his half his first half uh, in the Arkansas game was probably as 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 smooth of a half as as we've seen this season. So I think he can certainly come in and and play well, but he doesn't have that it factor, that X factor that uh, as we sit at five two weeks in a row outside the playoff committee selection. Uh, I don't know that he brings that it factor that that could propel us uh, even at eleven and one into the top four. No, um, you know, a, a win versus you know, if if they're able to win these last two games, um, that obviously, you know, that's the best case. That's the best case they can make. Um, you know, I was a little bit surprised with the outcome of the Auburn Georgia game. Got to watch some of that and. Uh, was a little surprised there because um, I actually expected Auburn to win that game. Um, and so, you know, I think at this point, um, they still have an opportunity. I mean, if they if they do what they can do, which is win out, um, and Georgia, you know, loses to LSU in the SC championship game, um, that's obviously their only chance, right, to 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 have two SEC teams, which we've had before. Um, and I think that, you know, as, as, uh, as Gary Danielson said, you know, which, which was an interesting way to spin it. He was like, you know, if, if they can come next man up at at the quarterback position and beat Auburn, you know, his comment was, is, you know, they deserve to be in. And so, um, which I thought was an interesting take. And so, you know, obviously three to nothing in the second half was underwhelming. Um, obviously there was a, there was a cloud over the, you know, over the stadium at that point, um, as you were talking about. And so obviously that, you know, that kind of put a little bit of a damper, uh, on, you know, what was going on, but by the same token, you know, I'm going to tell you that granted it was Mississippi state granted Mississippi state has not had the season that they want to have. Um, but Mississippi state is still a tough physical team. And I'm going to tell you, he made a couple throws in that, in that, time that he was in there that I was impressed with. I'm not saying he's Tua, uh, but I do think that he has progressed his game. Um, I do think that he's, you can see that this guy has had opportunities to play. You and I know from, from Saban's error that, you know, a lot of times backup quarterbacks don't really see the field. And so Bama fans need to at least be, be happy that he's had the snaps he's had. Uh, because I think that gives them the best chance to to be able to win out here. Yeah, I agree. And I think over the last couple of weeks, obviously we've got a sample of Mac uh, this game, and we've got a sample of of him uh, against Arkansas. But uh, I I think you know fans are gonna that are gonna play a little more attention, knowing that Tua is done for the season. Fans that pay a little more attention to Mac Jones, uh, I think are in for a pleasant surprise these next couple of weeks. The playoff committee, uh, you know, maybe we talk about that next week. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, what I make of that. But the next two weeks, very winnable with Mac Jones, and I think the the players uh, or the, or the fans that haven't been watching real closely, uh, I think they're they're in for a pleasant surprise. L- let me ask you this, and this is almost sort of a you know potential <laughs> potential sort of fighting question um, when it comes to Tua, you know, sort of the 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 blowhard battle lines are, are being drawn when it comes to Tua, you know, which camp or, or what camp would you put yourself in that he should not have played at all, that he should have come out earlier or, 
or, you know, he was playing through the half. Where, where do you kind of align yourself in what, in what coach Tommy would have done with Tua? Okay. So from my comfortable armchair quarterback position, I'm going to agree with what Tim Tebow said. Um, his take on this was that Tua should sit. Tua should have, you know, that he, he should have had that week to rest, this next week to rest, another week to rest, and have three weeks until Auburn. And so when I saw him, and, and, and I don't, and, and this is not hindsight 2020. I would say this if he had not gotten hurt. And so when I saw him in this game, he looked a little more agile. He looked like he had a little bit better footing, um, but he's still 28 days removed, Twenty what, 27, 28 days removed from that ankle surgery. And so if this was Mississippi State of old, where, you know, we've had some tough, you know, uh, drop down, drag out games to the last minute physical, you know, uh, games with them. And you and you weren't sure you could win this game without him, then I think you play him. But you, if you recall, I'm the same guy that said against LSU that I wouldn't have started him against LSU. I would have, I would have, I would have held him out in LSU to and 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 waited to play him until I felt like I needed to. So I probably would have been wrong there, looking back at at how that game unfolded. But in this game, I, I agree with Tebow. You know. The Tebow's comment was something to paraphrase that the voters, when the season is over, if Alabama would have beaten them 31 to 14 with Mac Jones, no one is looking back and saying, oh, they only won 31 to 14. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to say in hindsight, but going into the game, I wish they wouldn't have played him. I wish he would have had 21 more days to rest with the 21 days he had already had because I thought that was their best chance to, to run the table and win the national championship. And so that's why I say that, but the people that are the people that are saying, Oh, Saban, Saban, this Saban, that man, they're just full of shit. Okay. It's football. You don't take somebody out because you think they're going to get hurt. If you felt like he could go and therefore you played him, then Dude, this was just a freak thing. I think I saw somewhere where 1% of injury, 1% likelihood of this happening in football. Like a dislocated hip is like 1% freak injury. Mm -hmm. So this isn't on Saban. You know, this this is, this just happened. Uh, but no, I'm in the camp that I would have sat him because I would have, I would have said I can beat Mississippi State 10 to 7, 13 to 7, whatever. Right. I won't even do Timbo's, I won't even do Tebow's 31, 14. I think you would have had one more point than Mississippi State with Mac Jones, and I would have just rested to it. Right. So I think we I think we share some common ground in in our response to that question, but but not not perfectly. Uh, I would have played him. Uh, but let me ask you this question: uh, What's your thought on? And this is this is probably the primary reason that I disagree with the notion of sitting him until the Auburn game, and you know the concept of two more two more games, three more weeks of not playing, of not having game speed, and then the expectation is that you're going to roll out against Auburn, who has a really stout defense, and 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 you're going to be crisp and sharp and game speed ready. 
I don't think you get game speed ready without playing games. And so playing a little bit against Mississippi State, playing a little bit against Western Carolina, uh, I think that would have been my prognosis. And then and then that is how you're ready to play Auburn. What's, your, what's sort of your counter to sitting for two weeks, uh, really three weeks, uh, counting, you know, the game week, you know, not playing for three weeks and then going into a game expecting to be crisp. I guess that's the cost of that. Uh, the first quarter might could be rough. I, I don't know. What are your, What's your thought process? I think for most quarterbacks in America, you have a sound comment. This is the number one quarterback in college football, bar none. Dude's going to be like the best left-handed quarterback in the NFL for the past 20 years whenever he plays. He's a special cat. And so here he was playing against the number one ranked team in the country, and it took him like a quarter and a half to get in the groove against LSU. And LSU had two starting cornerbacks that are going to go in the first round of the NFL draft next year. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, it's Tua. And so I think that he would have had an adjustment in the first quarter of the Auburn game the way he did against LSU, and then he would have been fine. Okay, okay. So, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not suggesting you're being <clears throat> dismissive, but you, you consider that a, a low-ranking uh, low uh, argument that he, he would have been rusty. No, he would have been rusty in the first quarter, but he wouldn't have been rusty the whole game. Right. And so because he's Tua, because he threw for 400-plus yards and four touchdowns against LSU, right. after being out for 21 days, I think he could have done it against Auburn as well. Okay. And I, will also, and I will also add that Auburn obviously has a better defense, but Auburn doesn't have the threat at quarterback – or I won't say quarterback. Auburn's offensive threat – does not worry me against this year's defense the way LSU yes. ended up matching up against Alabama's defense. Yeah, in comparison, Auburn's a pop gun offense. I, I agree with yes. that. Yes. Okay. So, so I, I hear what you're saying. I think I think that's fair. I would have played him, Mississippi State, and you know, in a different parallel universe, I would I would play him in Western Carolina as well. But I would have had a, I, and I'm not suggesting that Saban didn't have a plan. Uh, just outlining sort of my thought process, I would have had a very specific plan. He's either going to play, um, and, and there's, you know, I think there's sort of three parameters uh, that that you could have used. You could have said, you know, there's a duration, and so he's going to play the first quarter, or he's going to play to half. Uh, it could be points. When we get a certain point margin, point differential, I'm going to take him out. Or it could be possessions. We're going to play him six possessions, boom, that's it. And so whatever it is, uh, I would have I would have done that for the sake of getting him in there, getting some reps, getting him some game speed, uh, and then taking him out. And against State, uh, them them being you know an SEC opponent versus you know Western Car- uh, Western Carolina, I probably would have played him a little bit more half. Eh, you know maybe uh, when we got up thirty five to seven, that's probably you know the prime time to to take him out, and that starts to really look like hindsight you know, 2020, because, um, you know, it, there is a lens where it says I would have taken him out the play before that happened. And, and, um, and, you know, I know that that sounds pretty revisionist, but it did look like on that possession uh, that, that he was coming out. I think the sideline report was that, you know, he was shaking players' hands 
on the bench and that Mac Jones was was more intensely, you know, working out, uh, warming up, and that Mac was the center of uh, the huddle, you know, the players on the sideline, and then and then Tua came out. And they, and they even captured a little bit of footage where it looked like, and again, it's easy to sort of project, but it looked like Tua was even um, – was even lobbying to come back in and then Saban said something about, you know, practice the, the two minute drill. I, I think probably Matt could have used that. If you, if we, if, we, if you're going to go that explanation, then I think Matt could have used that practice more than, more than, uh, than Tua. But I, I would have had it. I would have had a plan. And again, not suggesting that Saban didn't, I would have had a plan and I just would have stuck with it. Well, assuming that he did lobby, right? Or assuming, because Saban, you know, was interviewed at halftime and he mentioned that they were letting him run the two-minute offense there, practice the two. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, you know what he can do. You know what he did when he shook off the rust in the LSU game. And so I'm going to guess from my armchair reclining position that the plan was he was done. Yeah. And that because he's Tua, Saban let him go back out. I'm going to surmise that Saban is having nightmares about this every single night in the past few days, because I think he was done. And I think, unfortunately, I think Tua wanted, okay, Tua was in a Heisman race, right? And there's voters and there's numbers and there's touchdowns and there's yardage. And, and you know, he just got through playing LSU and, and heard that, you know, LSU's quarterback is now the front runner and looked at the stats and compared the top three wide receivers from LSU to the top three wide receivers of Alabama, blah, blah, blah. Dude, this is not going to be a popular thing I'm going to say here, but – and he's just a kid, okay? He's a kid, you know, playing at a very high level, and from everything that you hear, he's a great kid. But if he truly lobbied to go back out there, which we will never know, then when it's third and four, and you're back out there for whatever reason, you want to get another touchdown, you want to put some more points on the board, you want to beef up your Heisman stats, whatever people want to guess. You have to know that you just came back from your second high ankle knee, uh, high ankle surgery in 21 days. You have to know that you're under, you have to know that you're, um, you have to know that you still have an opportunity to have a chance to be in the top four. You have to know that you're currently number five. You have to know that your margin of error is slim. Mm-hmm. And you have to know that on third and four, when two guys are running at your ass, that you have to throw the ball away. Okay. I wasn't sure if I was going to say this tonight, but I'm going to. Dude, I blame Tua. I'm sorry it was a freak injury. I'm sorry it was a 1% likelihood. I'm sorry he's having to deal with all this shit. But Tua has to know in that situation, I just got hurt 21 days ago scrambling to my left because I didn't throw the ball away. It's third and four. You're up 38 to seven, excuse me, 35 to seven with a team at half. 
Like, dude had to know there's no way they're coming back to beat us. Like, why not throw the freaking ball away? Like, I'd love your thoughts on that. I, I don't, I'm sorry he got hurt. I'm sorry. I'm glad it's not career ending. I'm sorry he's got to go through the rehab. I'm sorry about all that. But in terms of the situation, why did he not throw the ball away? Well, yeah, that's probably a turn I wasn't expecting. But, you know, here, here, in the, the, here in the explanation, I think it's consistent with the type of stuff that we, that we talk about. Um, if, if you took the injury out of it, which is tough to do, uh, but if you took the injury out of it and then and, and, and you said, you know, that led to a turnover that, that cost us the game or something, you would have, you would have said the exact same thing. Um, you would have said the quarterback's got to know all we have to do is run out the clock here. All we need to do is, you know, punt the ball on fourth down, give them the field, the drive and, and, you know, clock's going to expire. We're going to win the game. If if you can change just a couple of the circumstances uh, and you would have said exactly the same thing. And so rather than a horrific injury, uh, it led to a, it led to a short field turnover that, that cost the game. Right. Um, you would have given that same explanation. So, and and that is a that is a a nature of I won't say critique that sounds that sounds bad but that's a nature of sort of the observation and and you know calling out our guys sometimes uh, that is common so I, and so I would wrap what you said sort of around that uh, because it it sounds alarming to, to you know it sounds alarming given the context of the injury uh, to blame it on them but I understand what you're saying and I don't I, I find myself not disagreeing with it. Um, I'm not trying to be insensitive. No, I understand. Workers to understand this. I'm just calling it plain out and saying he was in that situation 21 days prior. Right? I'm sorry it happened. I'm sorry it was a freak injury. It's horrible. It's it's horrible. I understand. But I'm but our job right when we do this show right we're 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 talking about the game right and, I, and I'm just saying to you like you know and that's probably what makes him so great right at quarterback is because he's always trying to like eke out something right he's trying to always eke out something and so do you think his lack because there you know there's there's been discussion that the injury while still you know only 21 days into it do you think that okay do you think a regular healthy Tua who had more mobility right would have affected that play because there's there's been discussion that his lack of mobility contributed to them being able to get to him the way they did for this freak injury. Well, I think that I, I think if you go back and and you and you you looked at side by side the injury, the the play in which he was injured against Tennessee and the play that he was injured uh, against Mississippi State, they're the same profile play. Exactly. Uh, he's he's flush from the pocket. Uh, he's he's running he's running to his left and and looking back, looking to make a play. He's chased down from behind and tackled. And, and so uh, now you can argue, was it linebackers versus linemen? And so they're different pace and different speed of, of the pursuers. Was he potentially, you know, half a step slower, uh, you know, against Mississippi state because of the injury? Yeah. You know, potentially you could say that Would I blame it on Would I blame then the subsequent injury uh, on the preexisting injury. I wouldn't, I mean, what if if that's the case? Then what do you do? Not play slow quarterbacks? I mean, at what level? How far do you carry that argument, right? And so he was already a very mobile quarterback. If he's a shade slower, he's still going to be one of the more mobile quarterbacks. 
So, you know, that would, that would suggest if you're going to take that route, then that would suggest that, you know, pure pocket passers shouldn't be allowed to play because they can't escape, you know, pressure. And so I don't, I don't, I don't take the argument that way. Um, so I, so I don't, I disconnect the two. I do. I don't think the ankle injury led to this injury. I think it was freak enough. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I was having a Facebook conversation with, with, with someone and he was like, Oh, I think, I think it's because of over usage. It, it's a related injury because it's over usage because of the ankle. And I said, dude, whenever you ever, have you ever heard of a sprained ankle leading to someone's hip socket, you know, popping out, it doesn't happen. Does, you know, maybe you get a calf strain, but your hip doesn't just pop out of socket. And, and so the, the extreme freakish nature of the injury, you had a stat a minute ago, the freakish nature of it, I think, creates a disconnect from the pre-existing injury. No, that's fair. Um, so do you, and, and, and I, and I wasn't trying to blame, I'm not blame. Okay. You can't blame him for a freak injury, I guess. I'm just saying that. Situational that awareness. Way, situ, exactly. Situational awareness of just. You're up 35 to seven. And if you throw the ball away and you punt there, what's the harm? Right. And so it does make you wonder, because we'll never know. It does make you wonder that, that does it factor into his mind there that this is my last play? If, if I don't convert this third down, I'm out of the game. I think given the competitive spirit that that's part of what makes, this is where this is so interwoven and it's hard to, you know, splice it out. His competitive spirit is such that, if I can just keep the play alive, if I can just keep the play alive. And some of the greatest, wowest plays that he's had, I always think of that play of Vanderbilt, you know, correct. Phone booth, yes. Went around, yes. got away from a guy and then threw the ball up. That's the most amazing play I think I've probably ever seen. And, and, and that's a play where you might would tell another quarterback, take a knee, <laughs> you know, plays over. Uh, right. but, he, but he had this, this innate ability. Uh, and so, it's that that made it. That's what is part of his greatness, and that had a negative side effect on Saturday. No, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this: um, when Mac Jones had to come in, you know, on the next series, I thought it was very telling that they showed confidence in Mac in the situation. Because it was first and ten at their fifteen, right? Coming out of you know, coming out of the half. And, you know, he dropped back and, you know, made a first down throw to Jerry Judy on the first play of the second half. Well, Dave, on that first series there where they ended up getting a field goal, you know, he attempted four passes on their eight plays. And three of those pass plays were on first and ten, which means they were starting out on first and 10 with him dropping back to throw the ball, which, you know, you can argue a team coming out at halftime after making adjustments after losing their star quarterback would be putting all the load on Najee Harris and, and, and just, you know, three tight ends and we're going to run the ball. Well, dude, on the next drive, he proceeded to, you know, attempt five passes of the eight plays on the next drive. So in the first two drives of the second half, he attempted nine passes on 16 plays. Does that surprise you a little bit? Not really. Um, I think there's, I think there's a thought, you know, the, the, the severity of the injury was starting to get out. 
um, especially the medical staff on the headset with the coaches. Hey, this is a hip injury. You know, all bets are off here. Um, and I think, I think, you know, I, I have this envision of sort of, you know, on the way to the locker room, you know, maybe on the headset or something, you know, Saban's like, you know, Sark, get with Mac, draft up some, draft up, you know, eight or 10 plays. Let's, let's, un, let's have him prepped, ready to come out. Know what's, ha- know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, this, this first drive. And I can just envision, you know, the Sark and, and, and Mac sort of huddling in the, in the side of the locker room, you know, talking about here's what we're going to run. What do you like? Here's what we're seeing in, in defense. These plays are going to work. Um, you know, let's talk that through. And so he, and he comes out knowing what, knowing what's going to be run. He's got the warm ups there at the, at the second half. He knows what's going to be run. I think you also, and, and there's, and, and then there's a, another layer to it, right? The defense is probably expecting they're going to come out and run the ball. They're going to come out and establish the run. And so you're going to have a little bit of an advantage passing the ball. And you know the season's on Mac. Whatever is next is on Mac. So you can't turtle. You have to go out there and you have to say, we're, we're going to demonstrate full confidence in our backup for the sake of the rest of the team, for the sake of the individual. Uh, we're going to demonstrate full confidence here. Uh, but but there was work that went into half to to talk about what the routes were going to be, what they were going to look like, what coverages they were expecting, and then they went out and let him and let him deal. And but a uh, lot of teams wouldn't do that. No, no, they wouldn't. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I mean, I was surprised. That that was that would be my reasoning though for why okay. they did it. And did it, um, did it surprise you? No. No, I mean he didn't. made some difficult throws in the in the start of that third quarter. You know he 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 didn't just throw checkdowns. I mean the pass to Henry Ruggs was a very nice pass where he laid the ball over the defender, and um, you know you know I'm not saying he's Tua far from it, but they let okay. It's almost to your point like they scripted plays to start the second half, like they would script plays to start the game right. for an offense, which would be smart. Um, and everything you're saying about giving him confidence, et cetera. I'm just saying like they, the whole next man up thing, they actually did it. Yeah. When they, you know, they have a, a little bit of sort of baked in advantage that it was just a couple of weeks ago against Arkansas that, that he started the game. And so they had, they had spent a full week prepping, you know, for, you know, for Mac and what were his plays and what were the looks and what we were going to do. And so there was a little bit of, Hey, turn your mind back to a couple of weeks. We're going to, we're going to pick out some plays from, from that script. And, and, you know, we're going to put these down. Those are the things that they practiced in that game. Um, I mean, that might be a neat exercise to go back and look at, Hey, what pass routes did we run? (laughs) This is why I wish I got paid to do this full time. Right. But let's go back and look at what pass routes did Mississippi state did we run against state and compare that to the pass routes we ran against uh, Arkansas and what sort of transferability was there uh, in those play callings? I I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that there were uh, a, a lot of similarities. What else, what else jumped out at you on offense that you want to talk about? Well, I think, you know, I, I think it was worth, you know, really talking about the quarterback and expounding upon that, but I don't think you can talk offense in this game without, uh, without talking Najee, uh, the fact that, you know, it, in fact, we ran up so many points so quickly 
in the first half that he he did not even have a chance uh, in some of those on short short fields. He didn't even have a chance to get 100 yards rushing. And so, he, you know, he rushed for 88, uh, three touchdowns, and, and had three receptions for 51, another touchdown. Uh, Tommy, he's the first – he is the first running back ever to have three rushing touchdowns in a first quarter. That is awesome. Well, obviously, you know, um, as you talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, how his game has has – has changed in the past few weeks and and from a timing standpoint um obviously you know that is um the timing of this is going to be critical right uh whenever they match up against auburn um but you know just just really happy for him um you know and 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 to your point you know he's had you know he 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 could have had five rushing games in a row because right. against Arkansas, he finished with 13 carries for 86 yards, and now he's got 88 yards, and uh, in this last game, and so, you know, uh, if he had had five rush, 500 yard games in the last five weeks, you know, there'd be a lot of other discussions ar- around him right this second. No, absolutely, I agree. I do think it was appropriate, and, and sort of, you know, the theme of the game, right, is when can we start getting people out? I think it was appropriate to get him out of the game. Uh, running back, sure. say particularly, uh, uh, you know, da- I don't want to say dangerous, but it's a more precarious position than, and, and it may be the most of, of such on the field. And so at that point in the game, let's get him out. No, absolutely. Well, I do want to mention for the listeners, you know, as he's had these nice stats in the past five weeks, the other thing that, you know, has been very helpful to him is being able to have that explosive play. I mean, against Mississippi State, he had a long of 20, LSU 31, Arkansas 20, Texas A&M 25, and then Tennessee 15. So, dude, he's had, in the past five weeks, he's had four runs of 20 or greater yards, which you look at the guy and you just don't think that's going to be his game. And so not only is he is he doing that dirty stuff that, you know, between the tackles that we didn't feel like maybe he was doing as much after contact, but he's also piecing together, you know, that other part of his game as well. He really is. Uh, it's it's been impressive, you know, his development. Uh, and and we think back in some of the early some of the early games. I I don't want to say we were negative on him. I don't I don't want to go quite that far. Uh, but we were starting to ask questions. And boy, if, if he has not come back and answered every single one of them, he's he's been just darn impressive. And every week. Um, it's hard to say he gets better every week because uh, he's 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 playing at a, a pretty fine level. But every week he does something else that says yes, he is he's getting it, he's progressing, and 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 he's hit. He it was it's not an accident that he's performing well. Every week he goes back and reestablishes his ability to play at a high level. No, absolutely, and I will tell you that you know, given the unfortunate situation that is faced now with the injury to Tua, you know, we, we talked at the, you know, we, we talked about the injury to, to Forrestal and, you know, what that was going to do to this offense. Well, I think he has bridged the gap a little bit of that void, yes. you know, and in, in, with his, with his playmaking ability from the receiving standpoint, I mean, for the, for the listeners benefit, I mean, this is a guy 
Uh, this is a guy that, you know, coming into the season had only caught 10 passes in his first two years. And now he's had, you know, 22 passes on the season uh, already. Uh, and and what's interesting is, is, is obviously, you know, of his 22 catches, six of them have scored touchdowns. You know, remember last year we were talking about Ruggs and, and his opportunities for score relative to touchdowns? Well, obviously this isn't Ruggs numbers. But from a running back position, it will be interesting to see if Auburn kind of, you know, tries to take that away because with Mac in the game now, that's a significant number of touchdowns from only 22 catches. Yeah, it it certainly demonstrates that he's not just an outlet or a check down, but he's a weapon in the passing game. That's what I that's what I take from it. No, absolutely. Well, tell me, tell me what else that you would like to chat about uh, as it relates to uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, the 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 offensive line has stayed, you know, in the same starting five for the past few weeks now that we've talked about before. Uh, what else would you like to talk about before we, you know, do mini game balls? Yeah, one just one observation with the offensive line. Completely agree with with what you had there. Uh, at one point. And I think it was quarterback related. We swapped uh, Chris Owens back in at center. And so he changed jerseys, uh, went back in at center. Uh, they actually showed uh, with their little sky cam uh, before the play, they had the, sort of the whole line lined up and, and just, you know, my head went, hey, something's not right. And I, went, I kind of paused it, looked, looked at all the players and the numbers. And I said, yeah, we got Owens in there at center instead of, instead of Dickerson. And so my thought was, you know, that's center related uh, or quarterback related. You have the backup quarterback who is going to get reps with the backup center. I don't think that was injury. I don't think that was anything other than, um, you know, we'll get in, in the game. Uh, he, he, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to swap out and plus, you know, give Owen some reps. And so uh, I think, I think that's probably the thought process there. I think this week leading up to, you know, Western Carolina, I think there's the full week of practice uh, that, uh, that Mac will get with Landon. And so I, I don't think we'll necessarily see that on the go forward, but that was an interesting thing to, to see right there uh, early in the third quarter. Absolutely. Well, what else do you have offensively before we do uh, many game balls? Um, you know, I thought the wide receivers all had good days, especially considering that Alabama only threw 21 passes. Uh, I think the pass to Waddle is, is uh, it, it maybe to his, you know, last, you know, last pass, uh, or certainly last scoring pass at, at Alabama. Uh, I think, I, you know, that's next to perfection in terms of uh, the ball placement in, in the pass. Uh, I think that's that's just as pretty as it gets. And then one thing that was interesting to me, um, interested kind of your thought on it, um, Talia came into the game as, you know, the third quarterback, and it was really about a minute left in the game. And so at that point, and we've got sort of the four-game rule on redshirting. You can play up to four games at any point in the season and still redshirt. At that point, Talia had played in three games. And so to bring him in with a minute left in, in you know Mississippi State, with the score being what it was, to bring him in in that position and that count as his fourth game then I, at that point, the, the coaches had no reservation. There was no attempt to let's do the math and figure out redshirting. Uh, I, I think he, they were all in and getting Mac out and getting Talia at least some sort of rep in this game 
uh, because he likely is going to see a lot of action against Western Carolina. I wasn't going to bring this up. I think that was dumb. Do you? Yeah, there was no reason for it. He came in and handed the ball off to Robinson two times and for 50 seconds, big deal. You you save that fourth game just in case. Yeah. I I don't understand it unless unless they just because because Mac could use the reps in the entire Western Carolina game. It's not like Mac's played a lot of games. Like I think you save the option of him redshirting um unless they know something we don't know that two is gone for sure. Uh and that now spring competition just started early. And so yeah. therefore he's not going to red shirt. He's going to play against Western Carolina. We're now going to have to pull out that wrinkle that we've been working on for him against Auburn to win a close game against Auburn. It almost tells you that they knew something else when they did that because yeah. just football savvy, it was a dumb play. I think we're going to learn in the weeks ahead why they did that. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, and I hear what you're saying. I, I, on the surface, I, I think it probably, and it does make you think it's either stupid or there's something, there's, there's something else. And I, I guess I'm guessing Auburn wrinkle. wrinkle. I'm guessing yeah. Auburn wrinkle. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking, right? I'm thinking there had to have been some, and so let's get him. And, and by the time maybe they made the realization, let's get him into the game. The game was almost over and then, and it looks more clumsy than, than it was originally intended. I'll buy all of that. Um, you know, my thought was if you want to get Mac out, then, you know, for that last minute, run Slade, just run the Wildcat. And because he's done that, that's nothing different. And so, you know, just go do that. And then you preserve the opportunity for Talia to play his fourth game in Western Carolina. And then if he doesn't play again, then you still have the opportunity to to redshirt him. Whereas if he comes in and he plays half of Western Carolina, then you've burned his redshirt for that last minute. And so it does make me think, you think of all the analysts and, and you know, people joke about how many coaches Alabama has, but if you think of all the analysts and the GAs and the coaches and all that, you know, part of what they do is is not just planning for an opponent, but planning for sort of what if circumstances. And so what's the in case of gra in, in in case of emergency break glass offense and you know, and now with two it out, let's break the glass, what does that offense look like? Is 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 there a folder somewhere that says, here's here's here, here's a uh, an offense that we can run with Talia that gives us a, a dynamic that's different than what we can run with Mac Jones. And to your point, the Auburn wrinkle is, are we going to see some of that? And, and so maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm you would hope yes. thinking too much, but I think there's something there. You hope yes. Right. Yeah. We, we hope that there wasn't after the game, like what? That was his fourth game. Really? I thought that was his third. Right, we hope that discussion did not happen. Well, it reminds me of, and 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 for the life of me, I'll forget the player. But it seemed like it was a it was a, a game against Tennessee in Tuscaloosa. I want to say it was a defensive lineman. Yes, a, a five star, highly rated recruit. Yes, yeah. was it D D? Yes, D liner. And so he came in and played like two or three snaps in that Tennessee game, and we thought, oh, we've been waiting for him to have a chance, and he didn't play again the whole rest of the season and lost his entire uh, red shirt over a couple of useless snaps in a Tennessee game. Yes, that is correct. So, Why do we remember this stuff, man? I don't know, but I, I'm I'm going to say that 
the wrinkle for Auburn sounds better. So I mean, it sounds better. I hope it's got to be true, right? <laughs> All right. So give me your mini game ball. All right. I'm going uh, my mini game ball on offense. Uh, I'm going Jaleel Billingsley, uh, freshman tight end. Uh, he he had a play. He had a play where we went in motion and ran into Najee. Uh, and I don't think that made a lot of people real happy. Uh, but he came back in. He played a lot against LSU and uh, against uh, Mississippi State. He got a chance uh, to catch his first pass. Uh, it came off motion. It looked like he was going to come across, uh, maybe block down. But uh, but he he sort of he, he sort of spun out and ran a wheel route and uh, 19 yard gain. Um, I, I was glad to see that. Glad to see him involved. Hope to hopefully see more of that. Uh, but. Uh, uh, going Joel Billingsley uh, for my mini game ball. All right, so this is probably not mini game ball worthy, but it might still somewhat count. Um, I'm going to give Mac Jones mine. Um, obviously, he's had opportunities to play, but he's been sitting behind, you know, probably the greatest quarterback in college football this year. And he had to come in on a dime. And, you know, the first play from scrimmage, they call a pass play. And, um, you know, like you said, he finished seven of 11 and, um, you know, he, he, he went through his progressions. He was quick with his decision-making. He didn't seem rattled. Uh, he didn't seem scared. He didn't seem timid. Um, you know, this wasn't Auburn's front four, but it's still Mississippi state. It's still an sec West opponent. And I think Bama fans have to look at how he responded when he came in and, and at least feel good about it. Uh, And so uh, I'm giving it to him for those reasons. Fantastic. That's a good one. Um, Let's flip the field. What do you have on defense? You know, defense, it was just unfortunate, the injuries. Uh, I'm going to let you kind of update the listeners uh, from the get-go here with the different injuries that happened. You know, this is a kind of game when you were up 35-7 to at the half and you've already lost Tua that you just want to get through the game. Um. You know, obviously some of these injuries had come before Tua. Um, but just talk to the listeners about, you know, the update for the guys that that did come out of the game. Yeah, this game, you know, this game started to look like a, a mash session. And not just for Alabama players. Uh, Mississippi State lost uh, a couple of players to significant injuries. Uh, you know, two players definitely were carted off uh, from the field of play. Uh, and I think Raquan went to the sideline, and I think he was carted off from from the sideline. Um, and and just horrific injuries. Obviously, there's two is two is injury. One of the Mississippi State players, uh, when they came back from commercial, you know they 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 specifically said, almost awkwardly said, "We are not going to run the replay of this." Uh, and and so it just sort of sets your mind at, "Holy cow, what is going on in this game?" And so uh, you know we talked about Tua. Um, you know, Henry Ruggs on offense also went down, but, but, you know, across the defensive front and especially the defensive front, um, Alabama really suffered uh, some injury. Uh, Raekwon went down with what appeared to be an ankle. Uh, and in fact, he, they showed him later uh, in, on crutches with, uh, with a look like a walking boot. Uh, DJ Dale went down with uh, a sprained knee and then Fildarian Mathis um, I didn't see him necessarily leave the game injured, but, you know, reports are early part of the week that, that, you know, that he's iffy for Western Carolina. And so he went down with uh, an injury top of my mind. I'm, I'm not, I want to say it's a, a knee or a leg, but I don't quote me on that. Uh, but that starts to, uh, and that starts to, to, to wear through some of the reserves on the defensive front. You add to that, um, 
uh, LeBron Ray that's that's also injured, and uh, that's a that's you know that's that's your starting three plus plus one on the uh, on the defensive front. So, well, especially especially with the we you know with the base nickel, right? Like you said, it's your it's your first three guys, right? Yeah. Um, and so to lose Dale and Davis and 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 LeBron already be out, um, is very tough. And so you got to see kids like Masika pretty early, right? Yep. I mean, he log- I, didn't count his, I didn't count his snaps, but he logged a lot of snaps. And I'm going to tell you that I just, the whole next man up, they they had no choice. And they were sitting there at one point and, you know, Fildarian Mathis and, and Masika was in there and they were in there on, you know, first down, second down, third down. And, you know, a couple of those drives that lasted a few plays, you could see them, you could, you could see them, you know, sitting there saying, okay, man, this is, um, you know, <laughs> we're ready to tap our helmet on the top, but we can't tap our helmet because nobody's going to come in the game. And I guess I was specifically referring uh, to right before the third quarter when Mississippi State had that 15 play drive is probably what I'm thinking of the most. Yeah. Um, it was that drive that, if you're, you know, watching it at home and and you don't track the depth of this team, you know, you're you're seeing numbers come out and as you like to say you're saying, "Well, who's this and who's this and who's this?" and there was probably five or six guys on that 15 play drive that Bama fans probably, you know, if you blinked, you missed it, right? Earlier in the season. Yeah, I think so. Um and you start looking at and again, we're talking a little bit of Western Carolina, but um, you start looking at who's gonna who's gonna man the the defensive front, and you know we've got about seven guys that are gonna are gonna play. But you know it's a it's a JUCO transfer in, in Tavita, um, and it's a it's a lot of youngsters. In fact, there's a, a couple of guys. Um, you know, I'm thinking of uh, Shopshire uh, uh, and in- Ingram. They haven't played at all this season, and they're probably gonna see reps, and so they'll still have the opportunity to to redshirt, which I guess I'm thankful for that rule this year, but, right. but think about this, um, you know, state it, state it this way. Uh, Cause you didn't know where this, you know, I, I, Christian Barrymore, that's who I'm thinking about. Uh, at the beginning of the season, we didn't know who, you know, say collectively, we didn't know who he was and when he was going to sort of rotate in. Now he's a fun guy to watch, but he's going to be, he's going to be air quotes, the vet um, on the defensive front this Saturday. That's a surprise. No, absolutely, and unfortunately, on Raquan's injury, you know that was kind of freak too, right? Because Barmore is diving, you know, diving back yep. at the quarterback and just landed right on his ankle. Um, unfortunately, um, talk to me a little bit about, uh, you know, formation wise. You know, I uh, I didn't get to join you on the on the LSU show, and in that game, I was very frustrated by. The fact that, you know, Shane Lee and Christian Harris didn't play much in that game. Yeah. And and we played a lot of dime and 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 instead of having Shane Lee and Harris in the game, we had Markel Benton and we had Jordan Battle, you know, for mm-hmm. a lot of that game. And, you know, unfortunately, some of our backup players, you know, had some mental errors and key moments in that game. And and I couldn't understand why Shane Lee and Christian Harris didn't play more in that LSU game. And so, you know, the opening series of this Mississippi State game, 
you see Shane Lee and Christian Harris back in there. Um, obviously, Mississippi State, you know, okay, how can I say this? Mississippi State opened the game in the same formation look that LSU was running predominantly in their game, but yet we started the game with Shane Lee and Christian Harris. And so they had one guy in the backfield next to the quarterback, and they had the three wides, and they had the tight end with the five offensive linemen. It was the same look. Mm-hmm. So why why do you think in this game we saw more Shane Lee and Christian Harris and we didn't in the LSU game? Yeah, so so let me explain that. And um, if if you're listening, you may want to pause and rewind this because this is a real complex answer. Um, LSU was playing with LSU players and Mississippi State was playing with Mississippi State players. That is a talent gap, dude. <laughs> that, that's my answer to that. No, 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 no. What, I, what I'm no, what I'm saying is, is, is why, why was Shane Lee and Christian Harris back in this game, but they were not predominantly utilized in the LSU game? Because LSU is a more prolific passing game, and so we knew that we needed to play a dime to slow that down. We were not nearly as concerned with Mississippi State's passing game. No, 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 no. So, no, I'm, so that no. we could defend that with a nickel. No, I'm I'm with you, but here's my thing. Why wasn't Shane Lee or Christian Harris? We've talked about Christian Harris, right? Former safety in high school, right? We've talked about him, you know, getting better in the defense and sideline to sideline, his speed, et cetera, right? Christian Harris should have been in that game against LSU instead of Benton. And this is not the not LSU there. show, but what I'm saying is, is like in this game, I get what you're saying about we ran more of our, you know, base nickel in this game um, because it was Mississippi State. I get you there. Um, I just think that, okay, let me ask you this question then. Do you recall seeing Benton in this game at all? Because I don't. No. It's harder to notice on TV, but I did not. Okay. And so. But but let me throw this at you because this goes back a couple of weeks. it, and I want to say it was um, was it the Arkansas game um, that we started to we started to evolve what our dime package looked like, and our dime package specifically had Markel Benton at linebacker. The Correct. both of the other two guys were out. Yes, Markel Benton at linebacker, Barmore as more of a rabbit rusher up front, and then we brought and we brought Battle in. Correct, so which is what we did against LSU. Right. Yeah, and so against LSU. We mixed that up a little bit because we went with a bigger lineman than than Barmore, but because we were playing more of a stuff to run up front and coverage in the back. But Benton stayed in, and so what that tells me, and and we talked about it a little bit, is because we used to play dime and, and leave uh, Shane Lee in early in the season, and we talked about you know Shane Lee of of the two linebackers is not as mobile. And, and versatile in coverage in the way that, you know, Christian Harris can be, but he might know the defense better. And so that's why he's in there. And what I think they, what I think the coaching staff did and what we, what we've, you know, just ob- observing is that they, they spliced a piece of the role away from Shane and gave it to Markel uh, because Christian wasn't ready for it. Markel could, could play that probably from a body type perspective better than Lee and it lets Lee focus on the primary stuff. And so I think they just took the pie and 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 reallocated the slices to give Benton the the dime package. 
And then, and, and may have, some of that may have been foresight that, hey, when we play LSU, we're going to be in dime all day. So let's find somebody that we can drill the hell out of them in dime linebacker. Well, he must, have, he must, okay, well, <laughs> we'll just say there were some still missed assignments. I, I don't dispute that. I don't dispute that. But that's, look, you can have a great plan and then not execute no, for a lot fair. of different reasons. And so I think that was the plan and, and probably the best available plan given, you know, given the linebacker core at, at that at that situation. Two years from now, it's Christian Harris all day long. He so just he's just not he was not there this year. All right, so let me ask you this: against LSU, we okay. Remember how we talked about a few weeks ago? They started moving Anthony Jennings around and even lining yep. him up off the yep. line of scrimmage. Well, it seems like in this Mississippi State game, Terrell Lewis started doing some more of that, like he did against LSU. I'm going to tell you, I just don't like that. Terrell Lewis is your get-after-the-quarterback guy. Yep. I just don't like moving him off the line and sometimes dropping him off in coverage and stuff. That just sets him up for failure. That's not his skill set. Like, what? what is your thoughts on this? Like, I, I almost wish they'd go back to, you know, Jennings and Lewis, you know, on the line of scrimmage, you know, four guys going after the quarterback. I. I don't know where this experiment came from, but I think it needs to stop by the time the Auburn game gets here. Well, I, I think, you know, I'm trying to remember the last time that, that we had a linebacker that I really liked in coverage. Um, and it feels like, see, you know, Osley maybe. I, that, see, that's exactly right. That's like, that's like, you know, that's the Abbott and Costello, like who's on first, right? You know, linebacker in coverage, CJ Mosley. And so it feels like, man, you know, every, every year that's a, a that just seems like so much farther away. And so has it been, you know, seven years or six years that since we've had a linebacker that was quality in coverage? I mean, maybe it. Well, ironically, ironically, it would have been the same number this year if it would have been Dylan Moses. It would have been 32 again. But I just I just don't understand. Like, in the, you know, I think that I just don't know what the thought process is in rushing three and dropping off Jennings or Lewis into covering a back out of the backfield or bouncing around where you go, you know, which lane you run in. Like, like, like for example, in this game again, like LSU, once again, Terrell Lewis would sometimes be six yards off the line of scrimmage. Well, guess yeah. what? When the ball is snapped and the quarterback is trying to get the ball out quickly, you're six yards further away from getting to the quarterback. And you're like a great pass rusher. Like you're giving the office of lineman an advantage, in my opinion. I think, yeah, it, probably an imperfect answer. But I think, you know, some of it has to do with mixing up the defense, giving them different looks. Uh, are you running a, a zone, uh, you know, versus man-to-man? And, and if you're man-to-man and, and your assignment's the linebacker and he flexes out or your assignment, and you know, that's how that's how we see uh, Anthony Jennings, you know, down the field and – you know, covering a back down the field or Shane Lee covering the back down the field. Um, it, it's not necessarily because that's what we would design them to want to do, but it's because the design of the play is we're running man to man and you have to, and you have to do what your man does. I, I guess, I, I guess what I will tell you is, is that I guess there's two things here. Number one, I would like them to stop doing that. 
because they do not have they do they are they do not have Christian Harris's body type, right? They have the knowledge, but not Christian Harris's body type. And number two, you know, either have Xavier McKinney be that person or put Xavier McKinney back in the back in your base nickel and base dime and and bring Jared Maiden up and let Jared Maiden cover that running back out of the backfield. Right. right. If Benton can't do it because he didn't do it against LSU time after time after time and made the running back look like a star. Um, if Shane Lee is not able to and Christian Harris is not ready, like, you know, what as we get ready for Auburn, Auburn's going to give them a high dose of this, I guess, is why I'm bringing this up. And I sure. hope I hope they're thinking about what are some other options here of next ma'am up to try to defend it. That's all. No, I agree. I don't know. I. It, I don't know what that looks like, but I agree. We absolutely need to have, uh, we absolutely need to have a better solution, you know, for that. And Teams are beating us up between the hashes. I guess is what I'm saying. When I saw LSU's quarterback do all his little stupid scrambles and and dump off the little passes, you know, teams are kicking our ass between the between the hash marks. Yes. Yeah. What else, What else do you have on defense that that you want to that you want to bring up? Well, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of – I heard a – I read, you know, one of the quotes from, from Saban uh, after the game, and it made me think of the movie Dodgeball. Um, and, and as much as we're talking about LSU and sort of the missed opportunities, um, I was iffy on using this, but I'm just going to use it. Um, you know, Saban said, you know, something to the effect that, you know, we played well on defense. Everyone did what they were supposed to do. Uh, you know, they closed, they scraped, you know, whatever they were supposed to do, that's what they did. And so that made me think of the five D's of dodgeball, uh, dodge, duck, dip, dive, dodge. And, and the whole idea that, and, and look, I'm going to apply this back to Mississippi state and LSU. Uh, You are go ahead. The, you know, the idea is if you can master the concepts, if you can master the fundamentals, you can apply them, whoever your opponent is, or, or if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. And so we, so what we, didn't do against LSU, we did against Mississippi State. And if we did those exact same things against LSU, we would have won the game. Man, that's some insightful stuff for you to bring up at one hour into this into this podcast, man. See, that's why <laughs> listeners listen to the whole damn podcast. That is that's some good stuff right there. Yeah, I, I you know, I made you work for that one. That is so awesome. Okay. I'm ready for mini game ball unless you have something else like that that you want to pull out. I don't think I can beat that, so we can go mini game ball. All right, so I'm going to beat this with my mini game ball. You're going to love this, okay? My mini game ball is going to my Say who I think you're going to say. You know what? I'll let you call it. I'll let you call who you think is going to be my mini game ball. You're giving me a Gordo special. Oh, man. Okay, so so how how were you able to go there with that? (laughs) Why did you do that? Okay, so for for his smart ass self, my mini game ball is going to Ben Davis, my boy Ben Davis. My boy Ben Davis made him a nice play and got him a sack on the stat sheet, and uh, I hope that that is uh, more good things to come like that for my boy Ben Davis. Fantastic. I don't know if you're in the room or you got a camera in here or something, but I have uh, I have circled uh, Ben Davis with a sack. Uh, he is my mini game ball as well. And I appreciate the fact, I, appreciate, 
I, I appreciate the fact that you got the Gordo reference. Uh, oh, I was going awesome. like to say something to the effect that, you know, playing at Mississippi State and getting the sack is almost like getting a getting a, a play like that on his home field because I think Gordo is is a small town, a small town in Alabama, very small town in Alabama that is is probably almost halfway between Tuscaloosa and uh, and Mississippi State. And uh, yep, I called that one. And you got the Gordo. That was pretty perfect. It was the only sack on the sheet, man. He got it, man. So I'm yeah, happy for I, the kid, man. That's awesome. No, it is great. It goes back to the whole specialization that we've talked about, though, right? Yep. Right? I mean, yep. he had one job there, and to his credit, you know, he did it kind of deal. Um, okay. All right, so so talk about special teams here. Um, what what would we like to beat up on today? I, I You know, there's probably one thing that I, I can kind of poke at. I, otherwise, I don't, I don't think I, I beat up on anything. Yeah, okay, maybe one thing. Uh, you know, Bolivis was was five for five uh, on his PATs, which was good. He had one. So let me pause that. Right, he he didn't miss us. Is this the first week in three weeks? I it's been a minute. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay, go ahead. And then you know he had a field goal for twenty two yards. Uh, and so if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna beat up on anyone, uh, I am I am joke, jokingly gonna beat up on Brian Greasy. Uh, there was a point in the game. And Alabama was going for fourth and one, ball on the 26. And Brian Greasy says, don't you kick it here? Shouldn't you kick it here? Why is Alabama not kicking it here? And I thought, because Alabama doesn't make 43-yard field goals. Have you not been paying attention? Because you just got hired to do this show, and you have not done your research. He was, like, exasperated. And I, I was just laughing along with him. I wish the list, I wish it, you know, I wish his colleague, right, could have said, dude, we talked about this on the prep show yesterday. They don't have a field goal kicker. <laughs> right. Um, and, and look, I think it's, to, look, I, you know, there's a serious side to it. You could reason, should we have let him kick it, uh, you know, given an opportunity uh, in, in in otherwise fail safe environment? Uh, and so I am torn between two explanations. Uh, one is we don't want to appear to be running up the score. Uh, 38 plus three gets us to 41. If we were at 36, maybe you kick it because you get to 39. And so going over, you know, sort of that next, that, you know, going into the 40s, do, do you want to do that? Does that look like running up the score? Uh, and then And then another point is, do you just have such low confidence that he's going to make it that you don't want to um, that you don't want to put him in that situation? And I'm not sure which of those scare me more. No, that's fair. Now I have another little comment here. Do we see a transfer? Since you did this to me, I'm going to do this to you. Did do we see a pending transfer coming up under the new transfer rules from from a kid out of Fort Mill, South Carolina? Do we see a transfer in to out out Fort Mill, South Carolina? I know I'm going to stump you on this one. We're talking about special teams. I'll give you a hint. Yeah, are you talking about Skyler? Yep. Because then, all kidding aside, if you're a sophomore and your name is Skyler DeLong, and you are current and and a, and a walk on is currently punting, and and he had a miff against the number one team in the country and he gets trotted out there again the next week, 
you have to be thinking you're done. Well, yeah, I, I you know, I, I think that's, re- I think that's reasonable. Um, I think he's also on scholarship. Um, and sometimes the way these things work, scholarships are annual. Um, I'm not mad at him. I'm just saying that I feel bad for the kid because like he had to be thinking on the sideline, I'm going to get a shot here against Mississippi state. And there was two punts made and he did not attempt one. Right. No, I think that's fair. I think that's something to look for, right? That's the kind of thing that leads to, you know, potentially somebody leaving. Uh, I mean, hell, you know, Scooby Carter went into the transfer portal, you know, and, and we won't know the full story, but, you know, he was suspended for this game for, for, you know, for missing class. And so is, is he that fragile of an individual that, you know, he can't handle following a rule or is there a much sort of larger dynamic there? I probably think that there, that there is, but it points to, you know, one public, you know, reprimand uh, and he transfers out. And, and like I said, there's potentially other things, but you start to look at what are factors that could contribute. And, you know, yeah, you're right. If you were, <clears throat> if you're a sophomore uh, with like the porn star name of punters, you got, I mean, you figured I, I got to go somewhere to punt. If it's not going to be here, it's got to be somewhere else. Well, it just makes you wonder given, you know, given the circumstances, you know, is he going to, We'll see. It'll definitely be something to look for. Um, what what else do you have uh, on special teams before we look ahead at, at this uh, next opponent? I thought it was a, a little, you know, obviously they were kicking away or they wanted to kick away from from Jalen uh, Waddle. I thought I thought it was a, it was a little screwy and a little like awkward sideways the way that they were uh, punting. Um, oh, to start the like, game, right? I mean, they they gave us the ball in like the thirty eight yard line to start the game. Yeah, they did. They were they were sky kicking, and so that tells me they 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 couldn't kick it out of the end zone, and so they were going to you know sky kick it. And then on the punts, it looked like they were they were intentionally sort of swiveling to the to the right, almost trying to overcompensate you know for a hook uh, in in his motion. And I just thought that was weird. But uh, uh, other than that, is you know. I'm not a state fan, so I don't really know if, if that's sort of their standard deal. I don't know all the backstory of that. I just thought it was odd watching it, and uh, that's probably all I'll ever know about it. No, absolutely. Well, what do you think about the Catamounts coming into town? It's going to be the second, uh, you know, 11 o'clock kickoff. It's not going to be as hot as it was, um, you know, when, when Southern Miss came to town uh, back in September. Um, what, what, do you, what do you expect to see? Uh, you know, whenever they whenever they play this Western Carolina opponent, yeah, you know, I talked about a running clock earlier. I think this is definitely a game both teams should put, petition for a running clock. Uh, obviously, it's a TV, TV game, so that that won't happen. Um, you know, I think I do think, I, you know, I think we're going to go out early and and really sort of put on film uh, a lot of different stuff that Mac Jones uh, can execute, uh, help build his his confidence. So I think that's going to be, you know, very interesting to see. Um, I think, you know, in in doing that, we probably do build up a, a pretty nice early lead. And I would, I'm, I might be surprised to see Talia play the whole second half, but I would really like to see him play most uh, of the second half. And and let's kind of see see what we what we get there. Um, I think, you know, being down so many defensive linemen, I'm I'm a little bit nervous of that. 
you know, I want to say it's a 42 to six type game. I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to move the ball on the ground a little bit and and maybe put up uh, a few more points. And this might be the first game. Uh, I, we'll call this a prediction. Uh, this might be the first game of of their relative careers in which uh, Brian Robinson gets more touches than Najee Harris. All right. Well, this is this is a team that lost to a four and six North Carolina State team, forty one to nothing. And um, you know, I I think this is going to be a, a game that's going to be hard for. Okay, it's going to be a good confidence builder for Mac. Um, because I think they're going to break 50, you know, even without, you know, Tua. Um, just do we do that? Are we allowed to do that? We're not allowed to do that, but I don't think they can help it in this game. Uh, okay. I, I just, I just really don't. I mean, VMI put up 43 points on them. I mean, heck, Warford put up 59 points on them. So, um, what's a Warford? I, they're a terrier, Warford terriers. That's all I got for you, man. Um, heck, man, the Chattanooga those Mox, are those little lap dogs, right? Yeah, something like that, man. Chattanooga, Chattanooga Mox put up sixty on them. So, I mean, well, come a pair on. of shoes did that, huh? Yeah. So, um, you are definitely in rare form today. So, I am going to, I'm going to say that Saban's going to be pretty pissed, but I'm going to say this is going to be like a sixty to three outcome. Oh, it's gonna be that's gonna be fun watching them get mad if we do that. Yeah, and I, I and I think and I think we have two running backs break a hundred yards. Really? Yeah, and I think Mac Jones throws for over three hundred. Oh heavens! Yep. Okay, they're gonna put some stuff on film. That would be that would be a lot of stuff. I I hey I'm like when we do this, I typically say I hope that you're right. Um, that would, that would be a lot more points than, uh, I mean, hell that's 20 more points. And I think that, that that's 21 more points than I think we'll score. So, um, well, let me also, let me also put out there though, man, you know, the eye test is out there and, you know, there's still a roster full of players that had visions of what this season was going to look like. And so, you know, I, I think there's a little part of them that, they 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 got to go hanging on them here. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they they well, have to I, they have to they have to put on a little bit of a show here a little bit. I think that I think you actually I you know, that makes a lot of sense. I think there's there's probably something to that. Uh if if we're going to and again, you know, Tua was the X factor if you're sitting at uh if you're sitting at, you know, Oklahoma, you know, a big whatever conference they're in, Big 12 conference, they're 11 and 1. You've got the winner, you know, potentially of the of the Pac-12, and they're sitting at, at eleven and one, and then Alabama sitting there is is eleven and one, and not a conference champion. Uh, in years past, they've selected Alabama in that in that exact circumstance. This year, I don't know if they would. Tua was an X factor that would help us, um, and so Mac is not that same X factor. But if we can create a little bit of uh, that or at least remove some of the doubt that this Alabama offense is still as explosive, then it's probably something that would behoove uh, the the team and the staff, given the goal of winning a title. We've got to do something to get into the four. And a big 
gaudy number against Western Carolina could help us do that. Especially, you know, with the backdrop of the next man up. I mean, I, I do think it will turn a few heads. <clears throat> yes. So. Okay. Well, I'll root for that. All right. Anything else you got? I don't think so. All right, man. Well, take us out. Well, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and, of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.